Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. What's up, listeners? Welcome to another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox. My name is Ahmad, and I am your host. It is Thursday, July 12th. The podcast is coming a day late uh, this week because, you know, we had to do some celebrations this week. You know, it was the fourth last week. Like, you know, it was just some things that that took a little that took, you know, precedent, you know, so I had to you know handle that but now we're back with another exciting episode um this is thinking outside the boombox your number one source for hip-hop and r&b news we're gonna do a different type of episode this week uh we're gonna jump straight into the dig deeper segment um i have two esteemed guests in the studio um the first from the podcast you may know her as the wife um, but my wife Karen is in the studio. Say what up. What up, what up, what up? Also, the uh guest who has made the most appearances on the podcast. He's ad keeps adding to his numbers. We got the homie Joe in the pod <laughs> in the studio. What up? What's up, what's up? It's always a pleasure. So this week we will be exclusively talking about Scorpion by Drake. Um so before, you know, we dig deeper, no pun intended, into In all the right places. <laughs> into <laughs> into that album, I gotta set it up. Let's get it. So let's talk Drake. Let's talk Drake. Before before we start, I want to, you know, to give the listeners an idea of what type of Drake fans we have in the room. Oh, okay. I want to, uh, from a scale of one to ten, ten is Drake stand like you're waking up at 4 a.m. to stand in line for his concert that's starting at 7.30 because you want to make sure... 
that you got the right seats. Assuming this isn't like a you know a signed seat type deal, right, right, right. I would say a one is you know you you hate Drake. Like you're just you're you're one of the people that's on the blogs that's like Drake is hiding a child. It's trash. <laughs> five right, right. mid middle of the road. I would say five is like you know you don't like everything Drake does. You don't hate everything Drake does. You there are some things that you can appreciate. There are some things that you don't appreciate. And then you know anything between five and ten it increases in that in that thing. So Joe, what how what type of Drake fan are you? Would you say from one to ten? And feel free to you know expound on that if you want. Um, I think for the most part I'm pretty much like a seven. Okay. So it's 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 to the point where I mean as you know I really mm-hmm. don't do concerts like that. right right right. Um, but if I hear that Drake is having an album, mm-hmm. I would I wouldn't stay up till midnight to play it immediately. But mm-hmm. you know after I do my you know. Get up, get on the bus, you know. I'll like, oh yeah, let me download it. Right, right. I'll, I'll make sure I listen to it on the way to work and at work. Okay. Um, everything he does isn't great, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I understand that it'll be good. Okay. Like, for the most part. Okay. It'll it'll be seven. Okay. okay. So yeah, it was solid seven. Solid seven. Karen? I would say I'm probably like a 5.5. 5. Mm-hmm. I expected that. Okay. Say more. Yeah. Uh, I, I've seen Drake in concert. He puts mm-hmm. on a really good show. Mm-hmm. Um, I am here for like 95% of his singles. Okay. Alright, okay. Love a Drake bop. <laughs> but like... So I'll, I'll also say that I am not a 10 on anybody. I'm like... Yeah, that's. I'm like a nine on Beyonce. Right, right. And if Beyonce made an album with Future, I would definitely listen to it. But I still haven't. Like, unless I've heard all of the Drake Future project in your car, Mm -hmm. I haven't listened to it. Like, I'm not seeking that out Mm -hmm. because I don't like Future. So Drake's not enough to overcome something I don't like. Gotcha. Gotcha. Future got trashed in the drink. Brady. Hey, I mean, <laughs> said what I said. That's that's fair. So I agree with that. I don't think I'm a. I don't think I'm a ten on anybody either. I was definitely a nine on Kanye. That's you know decreasing and has decreased at this point. Um, I'm a, I'm an eight on Drake. I think. Um, there's there's I feel like. There's few people for me that get that eight nine range, like it's Drake, Cole, Kendrick for me, like mm-hmm. though that you know that realm. Um, but Drake's an eight for me. I like most of the stuff Drake puts out. Yeah. Um, I it's it's not enough. It's not the type of like standum where I can't like recognize his faults. Like I I right. I know the the things that he does wrong. I know the like things that he does too much, does too little. You know I can understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, you know, I'm an eight. I want him to do the best that he can and give us the best music possible. I mean, I expect that most times when he puts out projects. Um, and, you know, I haven't been, you know, severely disappointed by, like, many of the things that Drake has done in the past. Like, I thought Views was decent. I'm not a, a Views uh, a views hater like a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I'm a views truther because I, it does have some problems, but you know, you know what I mean. Like, so yeah, I think I'm a, I'm an eight on the spectrum, but okay, that's good. I just want to, you know, it's it's good to for people listening to know, you know, where the opinions are coming from and you know how you feel about Drake when doing that. So so let's talk about Scorpion. So Scorpion is Drake's fifth studio album. Which when I when I like researched that, I was like, that's wild because it's like his ninth full length project. Yeah. Like his albums are only. 
thank me later, take care, nothing was the same, views, and now Scorpion. Mm. But there are also four other projects that were full length in there, which was So Far Gone, uh, if you're reading this, it's too late. What a time to be alive with future, and then more life. Those weren't those weren't albums. Really. So those are just full length projects. So this is only his fifth studio album, but his ninth full length project. Um, before we just to start off, here are some records and you know just some stats that he's broken in the oh, two weeks that the album has been out. Oh yeah. Um, there was a record for the most U.S. streams in a week. Um, post J. Cole had that record then Post Malone beat it the next week um, Drake surpassed that record in three days he didn't even need the whole week three days uh, Post Malone broke it at 431 million streams in a week Drake got to 435 million in three days um, the most single day album streams so the most streams in a single day on Spotify and Apple Music he broke both of those 132 million on Spotify 170 million on Apple Music. It went platinum the day it came out. Of course. Um, and just recently, it was announced that it's his eighth number one album. Yeah. Um, so, and Billboard, you know, deals with projects a lot differently than like his studio album. So, I'm pretty sure like More Life and a lot of those other full length projects counted towards this. So that's just some just some stats to 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 think about when considering the the musician and artist that Drake is in this generation. Mm-hmm. So um, I sent you all like four things, main things that I wanted to discuss about the album. And so we're going to start with Pusha T uh-huh. because, you know, I think it's Pusha T. The Pusha T beef, I think, was like a dark cloud hanging over the release of this album. Like it happened and then everybody was like, what's going to happen on Scorpion because of this? So I want to talk about how the beef affected the album. So just to get some context. Um, and I went over this in the Where's the Beef segment a couple episodes ago, so I'm not going to get too crazy with it. But basically, Pusha T and Drake were beefing for, you know, better part of like six, seven years. Subliminally, um, Pusha T baited Drake on his Daytona album. Drake hit back with Duppy Freestyle. Then Pusha T annihilated Drake with the story of Addy Don. Um, there was no response from Drake to the story of Adidon disc, which saw Pusha T, let's see, revealing to the world that Drake was quote-unquote hiding a child, um, made fun of Drake's longtime friend and producer's uh, multiple sclerosis uh, disease and talking about how he didn't have much time left, said that his mom was a loser because she couldn't find anybody to love her, said that his dad was a loser because he walked out on his mom, um, get blackface. Oh, right. Uh, <laughs> the album art was a picture, a photo that Drake took in blackface for some sort of art that art thing that he was doing. But this was all in one one song and one release. And Drake had nothing. I mean, he put out an Instagram release to you know diffuse the blackface thing because you know sponsors and sponsorships. He gotta he gotta handle that. You can't just not respond to that. Right, right. But as far as everything else, we got no response. So, you know, Drake, he took a big L in the midst, the midst of his album coming out. Like, he was in album mode, and he said on that Duffy Freestyle, don't push me when I'm in album mode. And Pusha T pushed him. He pushed him. In album yeah. mode. Shoved he, him. He's a pusher. He, yeah, he, he was just being true to his name. He was just being true to his name. I'm a pusher. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, I like Drake more than Pusha T. That's just... 
that's easy for me to say, but I love hip hop more than I like Drake. And I thought that this beef was good for the culture. It was going to be good for the culture. I wanted Drake to respond to Pusha T. We haven't had a real, real hip hop beef in a long time. Like Drake and Meek Mill was nice, but like it wasn't really competition. Meek Mill didn't really hit back or nor like he did tried. he he tried, but he didn't succeed at hitting back. But Pusha T is from an era where a hip hop beef is is grimy. Like you're gonna get down in the trenches and it, we'll see what what kind of men step out after the beef. You know, Jay Z, Nas type era, right. and Drake didn't step up to the plate. So you know, there was the whole thing with Jay Prince. You know, the the OG dude who told Drake not to respond. He said that Drake had a savage diss that was gonna end Kanye and Pusha T's career. But he told Drake not to put it out. And so Drake didn't put it out. So that was that. I was resigned to the fact that Drake took the L. Um, But, you know, the beef, I think, was important to this album because Drake wants and needs, like, the respect of the game, of the fans, of his peers. Because, like, you know, like Jay-Z, who can, like, always fall back on the fact that he was like a drug dealer out in these streets mm, and like mm. lost 92 bricks and like was still allowed to tell the story you know he's got all these these street tales or the, these street reputations that you know a lot of drake's peers have drake can't fall back on that he's not a tough guy we know that mm. he knows that so the thing that he can't he would like to fall back on is the respect of his peers us everybody else as an mc as a rapper and so you know it it was interesting that he decided to take this L at such a critical point in his career um, with this album coming out. So what, what were you all's thoughts on how on how this this beef affected the album and how you received the album even? <laughs> so I've been thinking about this all day. Mm-hmm. And I would say that my final thoughts are about as specific as like Drake's wistful references to what you did to me last summer on any of his songs. Mm-hmm. Like, I I feel that there's some kind of parallel between him taking this L and Nicki Minaj taking the L that she took with Remy Ma mm-hmm. when they had mm-hmm. their beef. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think there's a strategy involved when there are two artists and one is obviously more of a cultural icon than the other. Yes. I I think there's something to the fact that they both decided to like turn the other cheek when they did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She pushed that album back because of that, right? Didn't Nicki Minaj push the album back because of that? No, so she pushed the album back most recently because like all these other albums were coming out in June. Like, her album was supposed to drop, like, same week as, like, Kid Cudi and Kanye's did, but she pushed it back to August. And who knows if she had, like, some insight that, like, you go, Beyonce and Jay-Z are going to drop this same weekend. You oh, might want to you might want to fall back, something like that. I don't know. But that's why she pushed the album back. But, uh, yeah, she 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 definitely took that, that Remy Ma L. She tried as well. She put out a diss tracks after Sheether, but none of them really, like... But I think there's something to the fact that she knew she could still sell records and break additional records, Mm -hmm. regardless of whether she won the beef or not. Right, right. And obviously, like, he hasn't taken it now. This whole album, all (laughs) 20-something songs Mm -hmm. are on the Billboard list. That's crazy. Uh, And where's Pusha T? I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, see, I think he only had what like infrared on there. Uh, he might have had a, like maybe one or two more, but I mean, at the same time, his oh, album was like a third of the length of of Drake's. So, I, I, well, track length, track list wise, mm-hmm. not length. It's even less. Um, I think that to me, I was going into it looking for a response. Mm-hmm. Um, I never thought about it how Karen said how it was very similar to how Nicki Minaj because, like you said, Drake is. In terms of an art, overall artist, he's much bigger than Pusha T. Absolutely. Yeah. But I wanted him, you know, we can all say that Meek Mill is a lyricist. Like, we can say that Pusha T is definitely fits into that category too. And I kind of wanted to see how Drake would approach uh, someone that's a step higher than yeah. uh, Meek Mill and that still can, can spit, you know, mm-hmm. basically. And who isn't afraid, you know? And I think Meek Mill was a was a little bit more timid because how close he was with Nicki Minaj and mm-hmm. how close Nicki Minaj was with Drake. Right. And so I think that kind of affected it, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Granted, I don't know them, but yeah, in my opinion, um, I I just think that Drake is at a level where it is impossible for him to take an L at this point. It's how quick because he definitely lost. In my opinion, he definitely lost this rap battle mm-hmm. beef. Um, but it was so fast on how, generally speaking, the people forgave that L for one line. <laughs> you know, and, and I was really disappointed in that, kind of. Just for rap mankind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like... So, yeah, so he, he, he took the L as far as, like, culturally... And like, our in in our perception of Drake as you know this this rapper who can hold his own when challenged, career wise, financially, it's it's impossible. Oh, no, no, nothing no. could happen no. un, uh, unless he like you know did something wild, something racist, or like you know murdered someone. You know, it would be things to that level that could that could knock Drake off. But like none of a rap beef, no matter how how personal it got is not going to take away his money because at the end of the day he makes hits and people still like those hits even if you are a Pusha T fan you listening to a couple of songs off this album and you're like man that's, that's still a really good song and, and honestly I have close friends that are strong Drake fans mm-hmm. and so even even in the hype of Infrared and um, the story of Adidon right right they were still saying that Pusha T won the battle, but Drake won the war mm. over the time span of the beef. Like gotcha. they were in complete denial. So if you combine, if you take into account all of their both both of their subliminal disses over the oh, past like all the few way back, years, that Drake's disses and were better than Pusha T's over the years, and it's just that Pusha T's was more recent and better than his previous ones. And he just dedicated a whole track to it. And that's the only reason why people say he won now. But he really just won the battle. But Drake won over time. And I was just like, oh, just, so, it's just impossible for Drake to take an L. Like, so, it's so hard for people. I agree that if you, if you rack up all of the disses they've sent to each other mm-hmm. from the beginning of time, I think Drake has done, he, he has rapped better. Yeah. 
than Pusha T, but he still lost. Definitely. Like it's <laughs> there's there's no there's no denying that it's yeah. an L. And so in the context of this album, you know, one of the things that I think people that lower people's expectations is they were like, look, we don't want to hear none of that tough talk on this album because that's going to look different in the light since you didn't like buck back at Pusha T after this. Um, And they they wondered if he would address any of it because he could have he could very well have just like ignored Pusha T on this album. And I don't think it would have been a a great idea, but he could have pretended that beef didn't happen and put out the album he gave us minus all the the stuff he did. Mm -hmm. But my issue with how he approached addressing this beef in the album is that he went back to dissing Pusha T and Kanye subliminally in the album. Like there are a number. I have I have lots of of quotes here of the, the things he said that was clearly referencing this beef. He didn't say any names. We know who who he's yeah. talking to. Yeah. But like, my thing is, look, I don't care who Jay Prince is. I don't. Sure, he's. I, I recognize the respect he has garnered and all of that. You but mean you didn't listen to his audio. <laughs> <laughs> It was horrible. With how hard people say he is, don't get a letter bomb sent to our house. Look, look, I'm just saying, I, you know, respect to Jay Prince. I'm not, I'm not trying to, I don't want the smoke. I don't want the we, smoke. We respect you very much. But, please don't harm But us. Drake, I'm talking to you. Like, I, I don't care who Jay Prince is. We needed that response of all the, just as a man. The, all the personal stuff he said about your mama, about about your son, about your best friend, like you have to respond. And it was bad because they were saying like, yeah, because he would have released a track that would have ended his career. I'm like, we want that. We, I, I would very much like to hear it in yeah, Kanye's like, career. We're done with him anyway. In Pusha T's career. I don't need was, another album. That's what made me more mad because I'm like, yeah, yeah, because if he would have responded, he has something. Nah. And everything. Uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, uh, like keep okay. it, keep it direct, or don't respond at all. Where to use his own his own terms? It's too late for all that. Yeah, literally. it's too late for all that. Like, if you're not going directly address what has been said, then don't don't subliminally, you know, talk about them in these songs. The entire eight out of ten song on this album was directed at Pusha T and Kanye. Yeah, yeah. and I I love the song. I like how he's flowing, but I just can't. Yeah, I just can't endorse, you know, how spicy you talking when you wouldn't release the diss track. Like, we don't want to hit a spice. We want to hear it on a diss track directly, not on this, like, fluffy Kanye-like song in the middle of your album. Because that 8 out of 10 track was, like, straight out of Kanye's playbook. Oh, yeah. So so then that made me think, was this what he was going to release? I don't think so. I think I think that is still in the vault Maybe he deleted it from his computer. I don't know, I don't. but I, if it ever existed, I don't. I don't want to get into that. And but there's like, there's no way for us. To there's know. no way. There's yeah. no way for us to know. Maybe when Drake passes away, we'll get like a best of <laughs> yeah. with the exclusive tracks. Yeah, <laughs> Pusha T and Kanye would be dead at that point. Now it's just disparaging yeah, it their dead names. Matter. Yeah, I don't know. Pusha T's kids will just be mad about it. All right. These are just some of the the quotes that I wrote down from different songs from the album of him addressing the beef. On the very first track, all of this disorder, no addressing. The crown is broken in pieces, but there's more in my possession. He, the very first line of the album, yep. there's all this, there's all this mess. 
and there's no addressing. Yeah, you're right. You're the one that's not addressing it. We want the addressing. Address it. Uh, then he, he, he even played into the whole Jay Prince thing on Survival when he said, man, I was about to, mm, I thought about it. Uh, it's unsettling to talk about it. And I think he's referencing like, oh, I was about to drop that diss track. It's like, nah, you don't get to make a fire diss track, not release it, and then tease us by saying, mm, I was about to release it, but you yeah. know, Jay Prince. Else, that didn't even work on the playground in the streets. No. Nope. You lucky he holding me back. Exactly. Was, That's like, exactly what it was. I don't want to hear that. Like, no. you lucky she jumped in my way because I was going to be like, nah, bro. That was whack. But go ahead, my bad. No, no. <laughs> so those were a few of the ones, you know, emotionless, the whole not hiding the my kid from the world, I'm hiding the world from my kid, that whole line. I mean, I like the line. It's, it's a nice line. That's but, saved them. That line right there is saved them <laughs> by itself. In my opinion, that line, when they, when it, when it, in regards to the kid, uh-huh. that saved them. Okay. And I heard another theory, right? Okay. That his, what's his son's name? Adonis. His name is like Adonis Mabed. Mabed? Um, I forgot the last name. Oh, I and see where you're going so with this. So he was saying, like, I only love my, my bed and my mom. mom. I'm sorry. Uh, they were saying, like... Oh, is that, like, his middle name or something? That's his son's middle name. So, but if you look at, on the thing, on Apple Lyrics, it yeah. says, my bed. My bed. Not my bed. I mean, but, but he, he could have control of that. That's, yeah, you can always... That's very interesting. And didn't he say he doesn't take naps? <laughs> so he, him and the money are way too attached to right, yeah. so. <laughs> so yeah it was a little conflicting it was good. but yeah that was the theory and I was just like uh oh huh. was it in our face to that's, that's pretty interesting I mean so this was the next point I was going to get to is I wonder how much the beef affected his writing because you know it's very clear because in so many of these songs he's referencing the beef it's like okay you either went back and rewrote some songs or you, you, you like made completely new songs to address what has happened you know in this time period mm-hmm. and so it's like how much of this beef caused him to change you know what he was rapping you know and all of that stuff but the the March 14th song the very last song on the album mm-hmm. from from what I've heard you know and what Pusha T alluded to in the the song story added on Drake was gonna you know reveal his son to us in this album anyway and I think that March 14th, I don't think he rewrote that. I think that song was the way he was going to reveal it to end the album the entire time. Pusha T kind of spoiled the punchline. Um, and so then he went back into the album and like rewrote some of the other stuff. I believe he did. Yeah, but it's interesting, like, now there's this, you know, this cloud of, like, what, what album would we have gotten if this Pusha T thing didn't happen? Like... There's a few. It might have been shorter. A bunch of these songs were written just for the beef, and it might have been more focused. Yeah, like if yeah. He, if the whole narrative was building toward March 14th, mm-hmm. then I don't think it would have split up like that. I don't think he would have mm, had a the R&B the R and B side and the rap side and the rap side. Okay, I, I do agree with the focus part because I don't know. Like I just didn't think he would he would do something like that before mm. this situation. I definitely think he went back and made some changes, but yeah. a lot of the, the changes that I feel like he... It just wasn't really cohesive to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but granted, a lot of his stuff isn't, so I'm not mm-hmm. going to hold that against him, but it was just like... Eh. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. 
And I guess to like maybe wrap up the part where we're talking about all his subliminals, mm-hmm. I would say that part of the thing that keeps me at a 5.5 on Drake is how much energy it takes to like go through all of his lyrics with a decoder ring and like <laughs> yeah. figure out who he's trying to address when he says, Kiki, do you love me? Are you writing? Like, I don't have time for that. Yeah. <laughs> and so it becomes just like a blur of him complaining about everybody in his life. Yeah, that's real. That's Which real. is something he's been doing for a yeah. long time. Like he would be the notorious for the same names of random people and, and then you look into it it'll be a random stripper it'll be a friend from his height you know it'll be somebody mm-hmm. be like that's who Kiki is so yeah that's, oh, that's, oh, that's <laughs> yeah right. so there you and, go and she's a random stripper every time. no no the friend part the friend part I think oh yeah like a random friend you know you'd be like bruh like you could've I don't know I don't know what I would've wanted in replace but it's just like yeah. why do I have to look this up <laughs> and I don't right. I just don't have time for that I just replace the name and I mean, but like, maybe he doesn't, maybe he doesn't, <laughs> maybe he doesn't all the way want, like, or like want everybody to do that. Like for that song specifically, In My Feelings, it, it don't matter who he's talking about. Like, I think the vibe of that, of that song is more, you know, about a, a feeling and like a, an energy and a turn up yeah. than it is about like, oh, who's Kiki? Who's Risha? Yeah. You know, that type of thing. Um. But yeah, I definitely, I definitely get what you're saying. Man. And that's why I've always been a little bit surprised when I hear that Drake has beef with people, unless it's like a, like a overt thing, like it mm-hmm. was this time with Pusha T. Like the fact that they had been having beef for five, six years, uh-huh. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. If you're not, if you're not really paying attention, like because he he says the stuff that could be like it could. It could go. It could be directed at anybody exactly. in the rap game. Like the way that rappers rap is like the things you rap about is like sex, cars, money, and how you're better than everyone. And generally, in that in the latter, you're like directing it at like the rap game as a whole. Or like they, right, right. Your haters. So anything that you know he could have been said to subliminally diss somebody could also you. Then this is one of the ways that they generally. You know, deflect is like oh, I'm just talking about. I'm just talking about anybody. It's not. It's not specific. My doorman you know? looked at me wrong. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. So okay. So you know, we've discussed how the beef, you know, kind of altered, you know, expectations for the album. Um, you know, in the album we got. So there are two things that we could do next. We c- you could either give your overall impressions of the album, or we can talk about your favorite songs from the album. I guess we kind of got into overall impressions already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. And it was just like, I mean, for me, it was just like, eh, you know, I, I, I go based on first listen through. Mm-hmm. I normally listen to albums, especially someone that I'm looking forward to hearing or I'm, you know, I normally listen to it like once or twice within the first day. Mm-hmm. And so... I think the first time I went through it, I probably only was really looking at like three songs that I really vibe with mm-hmm. off first listen. Okay. And I was just like, man, I can't really catch on. You know, but Drake has these sleepers that, you know, you'll be listening to a song and it won't even be that good. And then the radio will pick it up. They'll create a dance to it. All of a sudden that song <laughs> is stuck in your head for the next two weeks. And you're like, that's all decent. Let me add that to my favorites. Yeah, you know? man. Cause that's how it was for in my feelings. Like, I really didn't. I was like, this song whack. Like somebody, else, somebody else bring up this song and nobody is going to vibe with it like that. But that's, that's, that's my whole thing. When I say Drake can't lose, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it, this album shows 
the importance of being pop, being a pop artist. Yeah, too. definitely. Like Drake and Nicki Minaj, that's what helped their little beef the most is that they can rely on being so popular and going into different areas mm-hmm. um, that they're almost untouchable to where you have Meek Mill and before he was going to jail and stuff like that, he was strictly a black artist. Mm-hmm. Like he was a rapper, a lyricist, mm-hmm. tough push a T always. You know, he'll always yeah. rap about twenty years ago when he was on the street. Right. You know what I mean? So I mean that's what that's what makes them them, you feel me? So yeah, I was just like blah. You know, okay. um over after a while I found about five or six songs mm-hmm. that I like consistently and out of how many? Twenty? Twenty five. So I wanted to talk about that. So it was a double album, one side unofficially the rap side, another side unofficially the R the soft R and B side. Twenty five songs, runtime of ninety minutes. What were what were you all's thoughts on the the length of the album? Did you think it was too long? Did you notice that it was? I never think Drake's make Drake makes good long albums. Mm-hmm. I thought about that with Views. I'm like, it could have ended in twelve songs, and I would have been content. Yeah, I read a review earlier today that said that. You know, it was different back when, like, Speaker Box The Love Below came out and people were actually buying a CD where mm-hmm. you had, you know, two, two physical things to separate the experience out. But everybody's listening on Spotify and Apple Music now. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no such thing as a double album. There's yeah, just, just one long, long albums. Album. Yep. And it ran straight through. It goes from, what, 12 to 1 or 13 right. to 1. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't really separate. It just, yeah. yeah. So it's... And that feels like a stylistic choice, and that's fine. It just wasn't for me. I felt like um, none of the songs were a really big departure from anything that he's done before. Mm -hmm. I think you probably could have dropped finesse into views, Mm -hmm. and it would have it would have felt like it was meant to be there. And that's not a bad thing. I think what Drake delivers consistently is, you know, pretty solid music. it just didn't feel like he moved the needle too much, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I thought it was too long. Um, Could have benefited from a few cuts, and by a few, I mean like nine. Um, I like personally reordered the album and like dropped all the songs that I thought were filler and like uh, didn't add too much to the album. And I got down to like sixteen songs, about an hour in length. Yeah. Um, available on my Apple Music profile, by the way. If you uh, search A O A T E S, you will find the playlist with the updated Scorpion album cover as well. Not even the same album cover. Um, <laughs> Chase is everything. Hey, you, you got to talk oh, directly man. to the listeners. You know, you know what I'm saying. Um, but like you said, this 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 album, you know, stylistically wasn't much different from what Drake has done in his past few projects. And actually, the length of it isn't even that much different from what he's done in the past few projects. Views and More Life were both 81 minutes with 20 and 22 songs, respectively, compared to this one was 25 songs, 90 minutes. Views caught a lot of, caught a lot of slack for how long it was and how dreary it was, while More Life didn't really didn't really catch that. Um, I think this album stood out a lot because he made a big deal about separating it into two albums. Um, and there were so many unnecessary filler tracks, especially on the B side. I think that's where I made most of my cuts was from the B side. Like, I think the first, True. like, maybe four songs minus, like, one or some had to go. So the question was, why the length? And I think there are, there are a number of reasons why this album was 25 songs. One, 
could have been for streaming purposes. With the way streaming works nowadays, the more songs you have, the more volume is available for you to get, you know, more sales. Since they recently just changed the streaming stuff so that if you're listening through a paid site like Apple Music, um, I think it's like 1,250 streams equals one album sale. Where if it's a free site, it's like 3,750. It's like three times more streams to get to one album sale. Um, so the more songs you have out there, the more, you know, people are listening, the more, you know, money you're getting, essentially. That's a reason. Second reason, it could have been a direct, you know, opposition to the, the wave of seven song albums that had happened in the month all by Kanye and, you know, one Pusha T. He yeah. could have, you know, been trying to make a point with like, here's an album full of 25 songs that, you know, he thought was all good. Who knows? Um, maybe he wanted to devote time to his rap half, which a lot of people have given him slack for not rapping a lot. So he wanted to do a full album of that while not sacrificing all the stuff he wanted to say to the women in his life <laughs> or the women out of his life. Right. Um, and then also, you know, he wanted to get out of the cash money deal. I think he had two yeah. albums left before he could. You know, he had fulfilled his obligations, and with the double album, I think he's technically out of the deal. He said that in the album, Yeah, too. yeah. He said that in one of the songs. So, you know, that's all well and good. Those are all, you know, okay reasons to do that. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I don't think you want to compromise the quality of your album to do any of those things. Like, any of those reasons, like, I don't think you need to compromise, you know, how we feel about you musically. Like, we didn't need all these filler tracks. Ratchet, happy birthday. That was... Bruh. Crazy. And it wasn't even Ratchet. Like... <laughs> come but on. Can I say, it was just Ratchet enough for me. <laughs> oh, you like that song? I kind of wish that song had existed when I turned 21. Oh, man. That's okay. all I'll say. Okay. All right. That's okay, so there's, there's like, an audience for it. <laughs> there is. There is. And it's not even a party song. I would just listen to it while I'm getting dressed to go out to a bar right. and meet everybody else. birthday. Right. It was so chill. Awesome. It was. I, th- I thought, I was like, oh, man, this song is going to take over the summer. Every woman is going to be in the club shaking their ass to Ratchet Happy Birthday. My birthday was two weeks after. I'm like, oh, this is about to be my song for the snap. I'm going to be like, it's my birthday, Ratchet Happy Birthday. Oh, this is, uh, yeah, it didn't deliver. Like, it didn't deliver. Lounge, chill, yeah. like, last call type. You know, yeah. But. So, besides the length of the album, you know, once I I chopped it down to like my sixteen, you know, the non filler songs I think are very good. I I think you know out of the twenty five, he has a a very good percentage of songs that are hits, that are solid rapping, that are, you know, pretty decent singing and, like, song arrangements, trying out a bunch of different flows. Like, the production is solid, and surprisingly, 40 wasn't the primary producer on, like, many of the songs. Like, I'm sure he over oversaw the whole, you know, production aspect, but there were 32 different producers on this album. Dang. 32 for 25 songs. Um, you know, he tried out different styles, specifically the New Orleans bounce stuff with Nice For What and My Feelings. Tried out like a Memphis flow with uh, the song Nonstop, which was produced by Tay Keith, oh, yeah, who like also that. produced Look Alive. Um, that song with Black Boy JB from Memphis. Um, I think there's solid rhyming on the rap side. Like it's it's Drake, you know, rapping like, you know, a lot of people would have wished he would have rapped on Views. 
had more raps on on more life i think that the rapping side is kind of like a combination between if you're reading this is too late and nothing was the same as far as like the style he brings to it while there are a lot of songs on the b side the r&b side that like it's straight out of the take care playbook like he's just it's like marvin's room like crooning like in his feelings for real like like going through it per se yeah. you know um so what, what what did you all think about like like so let's let's transition to your favorite songs what did you like about the album what were your favorite songs this isn't necessarily a favorite song but mm-hmm. i think i just realized that finesse sounds like a slowed down version of marvin's room mm-hmm. like the beats are very similar mm-hmm. and marvin's room is already so slow it is very I, slow. like finesse is the moment when i got annoyed listening to this album for like the third or fourth time today yeah. it was like no too okay. slow can't do it interesting sorry I digressed <laughs> I, I, I was kind of shocked to see a Jay-Z um, so I was I had high expectations for that song but it it pretty much meant what I was looking for you know a solid Jay-Z verse mm-hmm. two Drake verses I couldn't complain really but it was always interesting it, it was interesting for me to see it on here because they always at least I always thought through YouTube videos. No, you were right. You sad. Right. They threw disses at each other. That, I could make an entire... And I planned on it if the beef had ever like heated up past lukewarm. Mm-hmm. Um, make an entire Where's the Beef segment on just their subliminal disses towards each other. But I guess they're cool now. And they even... like He was saying... like It's like... I'm really paraphrasing. But he was like... There's only one, and there's a number two, and I'm bridging the gap. Are you talking about the mm. money that they make? Oh, uh, the money that basically talking about the money that Jay Z makes and mm-hmm. the money he makes, and he's trying to bridge the gap. Right, right, right. And I was just like, okay, it looks like friendly. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know what conversation they may have might have had. Um, I mean, maybe at this point they're just both, you know. Uh, uh, agreeing or like relating to the fact that they don't like Kanye like <laughs> it, it could that could have been the thing that was like alright yeah let's 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 start making more music again cause they they've been on each other's songs a lot before like Jay Z was on Thank Me Later Drake's first album it's true uh, Drake was on Blueprint 3 on that um I forget the name was of the song like interlude no no it was like it was a full song on to the next one was that it no, it's not that one. It, there's a song on Blueprint Three that Drake is on. I just can't remember what it is. So they've they've been cool in the past, yeah. but something happened. Drake maybe got more famous. Probably posted an invoice. And- <laughs> no, <I'm kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah. So I was. It was interesting to see that Jay Z feature. The song didn't really move me in the slightest, but yeah, but it was it was it didn't make my cut of the sixteen. Dang, <laughs> it did not. It, I, didn't it was a it. decent verse from. From the both of them, and I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. you know, he's a legend. Jay-Z's a legend, so it Very was hard true. for me to vote against it. I feel you. I really like Nonstop, too. Okay. Um, the the best slow song on here for me was After Dark. <laughs> you ain't yeah. even got to tell me, bro. Yeah, bro that was, <laughs> I really like that, too. And I think this is why... I have a feeling that more songs on this album are going to grow on me after I just hear them for the 20th time. Right. Because I feel like I've heard that song in the car with Ahmad no fewer than 10 times now. Mm-hmm. And I didn't care that much for it the first time I heard it, but now I like it. It's one of my favorites, too. Yeah, that's, that's probably it. And that's, who was on Bruh, there? Static Major. Who was, who was on there? Static Major. So It sounded like Party on there, though. 
Oh yeah, it did kind of. He he might have done some background vocals. Oh, um, party makes every song better. No, it was Ty Dolla Sign. That's who you were healing because he okay. was he did the verse on there. So he was he was probably crooning in the background. Okay. Charlie Wilson Jr. Um, literally, <laughs> right? Literally. Uh, After Dark, I think, is my favorite song on this album so far. It took us back to the late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Silky song. Karen said it kind of sounded like Lloyd's song, uh, song Southside, with the way the the guitar Ooh. and stuff was coming in. I was like, yep. Yeah. Uh, Static Major, so he provided some amazing vocals, which crafted they crafted the whole song around. Static Major is dead now, um, oh, so wow. uh, those weren't actually like th- those were like vocals I think he had laid like before he was before he died, and so um, Drake got a hold of him and they crafted a song around that. And it's not the first time they've done that because look what you've done from Take Care. There's a YouTube Static Major was a part of a group called Playa. There was a YouTube video of Playa, Static Major, and like I think somebody else just like jamming like to a piano and just singing, um, and it ended up on YouTube. Forty and Drake, and I think Chase and Cash might have been the producer that took the YouTube video. So not even like Static Major singing, took the YouTube video and like looped it and you know did production stuff, and that's how you got the "Look What You've Done" beat. So this isn't the first time that Drake and Static Major have. Work together, even though they've never officially worked Does he together. Still get paid off that static. His his estate, estate probably. Okay. Yeah. Even um, if it's from YouTube. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, I'm sure you still have to clear that somehow. Um, oh, so yeah. So they have chemistry, even though it's weird because they don't. I don't. They probably haven't even ever met before. Because right. I I don't remember if Static Major was had died by the time Look What You Had Done had come out. Because he died recently, like in the past, like ten years. I just don't remember the timeline of that. Um, but yeah, After Dark, top top song for me. Like it's I've, I I put that on repeat like Literally. eight times when this I first heard song. it. It is, it is. Okay. And Ty Dolla Sign, bro, he came through. He did. I, I thought it was party this whole time. Oh yeah, it's they time. confused it's me when they in the background. I like feel that, you. Yeah, yeah. They confused me. But I'm gonna tell you to like switch gears. I was very very disappointed. Um, speaking of passing away that Michael Jackson feature didn't do it for me he that definitely didn't make my cut and I tried like I actually sought it out mm-hmm. listened to it tried it and I was just like man Michael you slacking on the, on the court like, there's a reason it wasn't released while he was alive yeah that was, was low key sad and I was just like ah oh, this like, is to me, I I wasn't a huge fan of that full-length album of, like, Michael Jackson scraps that they put together yeah, a couple yeah, years yeah. after he died either. Just, like, there's... For someone who was as meticulous and as prolific as he was when he was alive, like... He would have never. He would have... <laughs> like, there is a... There's absolutely a reason that we never got those songs. Yeah. That yeah. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't do it for me. Like, <laughs> I mean, this, this song was all a flex. Like... It's hard to get a Michael Jackson sample. That's, that's exactly what and I that's thought. and that's what this was. Like he's like, I have the money and you know the you know I am regarded well enough that I got my hands on this Michael Jackson sample and I made a song out of it. And it's not a great song. I probably, <laughs> unless I'm listening to the album all the way through, which I'm maybe likely to do one more time, um, I probably won't listen to that song again. It, I didn't. I didn't get anything from it. I skipped right past it. Yeah. It feels as indulgent as the decision to have a twenty-five song album <laughs> in twenty eighteen. Like, yeah. just because you can, does that mean you should? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. If uh, the quality's not going to be up to par, especially for one person, like you can kind of forgive me, but you can kind of forgive like somebody younger, like 
mm-hmm. Ray Sharmer, you know, because oh, it's right, two different right. people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're not even you listen to the same thing, but not really. You uh-huh. know what I mean? When it's one person with 25 songs, it really gotta come through. Yeah, because if not, it's gonna be. I'm like, uh, I'm checking. You know, I normally listen to albums straight through. Just you know, put mm-hmm. the phone on box, just listen to it. I'm like, man, it's not done yet. How <laughs> I many more songs left? Like that's yeah, what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. To this, you know what I mean. But the only thing that kept me through is because I know Drake always ends his albums on a good note, on a True. good song. So I'm like, all right, the last song is probably gonna be good. Great segue. So let's talk about March 14th. Yeah. Um, that that is one of my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the song where Drake. It's a full fledged song devoted to Drake's son, and you know him talking about being a father now. I thought it was nice to hear Drake being brutally honest about his feelings about being a co parent and how you know he had always you know you know felt you know some type of way about his mom and his dad, you know, doing that. And now he ended up in the same situation and how it's affected his worldview, how he moves. I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, it, it felt a little guarded. Like Drake is one who's had his heart on his sleeve, very vulnerable. He, he puts it all out there, but something about this song still felt like he was like holding back, you know, and like, maybe it's, you know, it's child may not be his. No, no, not like that. Like maybe it's still like a new feeling he's working through, but like, I still feel like there was more there was more to say there. Um and also he might have like custody litigation he has to deal with. Like he can't mm-hmm. be out here saying anything wild about the baby mama or probably even the arrangement that they have mm-hmm. just cuz you never know what could happen. I agree. I agree yeah. cuz it's like it was so tucked undercover. Mm-hmm. Um and I think Drake may be one of those people who lives his life like being a extrovert and an introvert at the same time mm-hmm. like you share a lot but enough for people to think you they know you <laughs> right exactly you know I mean exactly. And I feel like I understood that in this song because uh-huh. I'm like the master of that like right and I think a lot of people are they just don't realize it but mm-hmm. um and so I kind of I felt I felt that though I felt it being guarded but I felt like it could be new I felt like mm-hmm. she may move a certain type of way right and I think it was like that because a lot of things didn't go according to plan. Definitely not. Like, nah. you know, with nah. the Adidas thing, with the release of Yeah, Pusha T ruined a lot. He, he really ruined did. a lot. And I was just like, man, that could kill my spirits. <laughs> like, yeah. I was going to make a lot of money off yeah, this, but yeah. yet alone, my whole family got exposed, you know, yeah, and... Yeah. You have a kid. I mean, I I have a dog, and I feel a certain type of way sometimes <laughs> about stuff. So like, yeah. I can't imagine having another kid and it being in a situation where, you know, she's a like a, a adult entertainer, mm-hmm. and that's already embarrassing. And then yeah, it's just yeah. a lot of oh, Karen's face. Did you not know she was I didn't a? Know that oh. she was an adult entertainer. Yeah, form formally, she she is no longer. Well, I'm, I'm I mean, sure I wouldn't have to anymore either. <laughs> Drake, she could No, I think right. even before that, she was formerly. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I have to say, she finally got that positive result. I'm but yeah, she's, she's from, she's French, I think. So her and Adonis are living in France, just like chilling. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, because he said something about full custody in that song, though. So, I, that kind of so even though I like the song, there are some things that. No, no, not <laughs> even that. It's just like some things that are just like, okay, one. Who are you making the song for? Like, sure, we want, sure, we want these feelings for sure. Right. But you know, he ended the song talking about 
you know, we'll talk more when you hear this. And it's like, are you gonna play this for him? Why would you? I don't think he wants to hear any of this. And like, so like, who are you making this song for? Maybe, yeah, maybe. Like it's like. It's I a just, tough situation to be in, and I feel like it's a similar situation. Excuse me, situation to the one Blue Ivy is in. Mm-hmm. Like there are some things that they're both gonna have to find out before they start going to school. Yeah, that's because true. like, yeah, that's true. People are gonna be talking about Pusha T your first day of kindergarten, and you won't know what they're talking <laughs> oh, about. Right. So like, it's a certain there's a certain extent to which he can't really protect Adonis. I yes, was about Adonis. to say Adidas. Yes, he- so that's what Pusha T wanted you to say. People gonna be calling you Adidon <laughs> when you get to school. Yeah, they call you Adidon. Yeah. Or they say, where your mom work at? You know, that's enough right there. So, but, like, you showing me pictures of my mama that I used to. Yeah, so I think he yeah. will hear this. Yeah. yeah. Probably way too young, but that's just, just the reality of who he was born to be. That's mm-hmm. true. Also, so, you know, Drake, I forget what song it was. It was 8 out of 10. He said the whole, only... The only dead beats around here is the beats that I'm rapping on, which it's a little corny, but also kind of funny at the same time. But like from from what I'm getting this all from March 14th, he met uh, the baby mama. Sophie is her name. Okay. He said they had only met up twice. Right. Before having the baby, Mm -hmm. which is odd. Also, he says he's only seen the baby once since he's been born yep. and it's like bro you are one of the richest entertainers no excuse of this generation you do tours in london all the time you you were just in london a week ago oh maybe he's seen his son uh, i'm sorry i'm getting <laughs> off track he was literally just in london like two days ago right. it's like but you 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 can't fly out to france to can see your son can get the most expensive lawyers yeah can, and I, that's what made me think that it was a custody restraining oh yeah, okay you know, you it's gotta, very complicated it is i mean about, it is like, it is definition of character you got to worry about what he would say about her yeah and she's already you know i mean it was just it was just really i was very when i found out i was disappointed because mm-hmm. i just you know we saw this coming i mean know, we all kind of knew it. it had been out like before pusha t even said anything it had been like I thought it was rumors like rumor. for like, but like to the point where I was denying it because that might just be my Drake stand. I was like, nah. But like, I mean, the facts were there even before Pusha T. I mean, it felt a little bit improbable that he hadn't had a kid yet. Mm. The way he talked. The way he talks, the lifestyle that he lives, the access that he has. Yeah. It. Just statistically, if it's surprising it took this long. That's true. He said in the song, he was saying, like, again, I'm paraphrasing the music. It's like saying, I'm legally obligated if I to do the test. He said something, hmm. some song on the last album, like. Oh, on More Life? Yeah. Oh. Well, he said, like, even if they, if they, if somebody's, basically what he said, somebody says he's the father of the child, he has oh. to do a test. He's legally obligated to take a test. Well, well, okay. I we'll talk more about this when we get to the legacy part because that's that's the thing that I that I want to talk about. So that's what that so that made me think that like what Karen said, the lifestyle mm-hmm. that he had, and and he always singing, talking, his him and the weekend are infatuated <laughs> with strippers, right? But, right. Um, and you know that type of lifestyle. Yeah. Okay. Like that. My question, 
he the the singing that comes at the end of I, I believe it's March 14th saying like he's going from a boy to a man mm-hmm. uh he's half past what 35 <laughs> he's 31 I think or something like that <laughs> still <laughs> when were you expecting to become a man Drake were you a boy this whole time <laughs> It's very what? true. That's a great question. What do you mean, boy to a man? Yeah. Look, I I'm not gonna defend that, but it, it could be it could be some sort of like uh like metaphor type deal because he always calls himself the boy in all his songs and now that he has a kid, you know, he's got all more responsibilities, so now he's a man. Also it was a boys to men sample, so he was you know, I, I, who knows? Oh. Who knows? Okay. But but yeah, I mean, yeah, he's 31. He should have been a man already. Yeah. Um, let's wrap up uh, the favorite songs because uh, we spent a lot of time on that. Um, just for me, I'm going to say Emotionless I really like. Okay. Drake on a classic, on top of a classic R&B sample with a woman's voice, him being honest, vulnerable, and just like rapping is a recipe for success. Um, Emotionless reminded me a lot of Western Road Flows from Views, where there he rapped over that Mary J. Blige sample. Here it was Emotions from Mariah Carey's second album. I think it just works. Like I like the content of the song. It's the first song on the album where he acknowledged having a son. Um, the the title is interesting because it's like, who exactly is emotionless? Are you talking about society? Certainly Are you talking about Pusha T because he treated you so badly? Um... Blue Tint is is approaching like one of my top that's three my, songs. That's my second favorite. That's my second favorite outside of After Dark. Go ahead. It so it's better than almost all the songs on What a Time to Be Alive, and I think that is because What a Time to Be Alive we've talked about in the past was a future album with Drake interwoven throughout. Like all of the beats were future like beats, mm-hmm. and Drake was just along for the ride. But Blue Tint is more of a Drake song with Future just, you know, doing this thing he does lately where he just like, you know, does that in the background of songs. That's his thing lately. Um, But it works. I I think it it belonged on the the A side because that was more of a a rap track than a lot of the songs on that side. Um, You know, it's toxic content as far as like the actual lyrics of it, you know, and what he's saying. But, you know, that's what a lot of hip hop is and that the song really goes off. It does. Yep. Um, for, I have a soft spot in my heart for Mob Ties. Okay. Um, also finesse. I, I really like finesse. I just like. Are you serious? I really like finesse. I just like. I just like the way it sounds. Um, and then also seeing other people enjoy in my feelings has honestly made me like that song more. Cause like you, when I first heard it, I was like, like bounce music doesn't move me like it moves mm-hmm. a lot of other people. I know a lot of people from New Orleans, it's just, it's, it's an energy that a lot of people really get, get it to, it's, it's not for me. But, you know, seeing the In My Feelings Challenge that's been all over the internet, seeing how much other people have run off with this song and like, it, it changes the vibe of the song to something way more positive. I mean, it's already positive, mm-hmm. but now it's just like, I really like it. And it's 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 going to be the one that's going to stay on the charts, you know, besides Nice For What and God's Plan over any other song on this album, I think. Um, that's that's all the ones for me. Any other favorites for you all? I like all the bops. So <laughs> like, God's Plan, Nice For What, In My Feelings. Okay. <laughs> Those are the ones I'm going to come back to. Joe? Uh, the only one you didn't name, uh, we, we said earlier, is 8 Out of 10. Mm-hmm. Um and then I do uh, like it. It's just not Sandra's Rose. Oh yeah, like that's that a nice one. one. That was a nice like. Also out of Kanye's 
playbook. Eight yeah. out of ten, Sandra's Rose, Sandra's Rose, and um, there was one more, uh, maybe Elevator, something like that. Uh, were like songs that was just like it, it was a Kanye blueprint, and I, he might have been doing this on purpose because he's he doesn't he doesn't petty. feel really great about Kanye right now. Yeah, he's petty. Um, yeah, but yeah, I Those agree. Are, outside That's of good. the ones that you named, if you take out finesse, um, in my feelings was this like just this week, just this week I uh-huh. got that was on. It's all over the place. Like literally, like just this week, and I like nonstop. So my top my top three are After Dark, Blue Tent, mm-hmm. Nonstop. Okay, but I, I like that, yeah. Emotionless a lot and Sandra's Rose a lot and Eight Out of Ten a lot. Okay, so those are my like out of all the ones like my favorite. All of those, all of those made my sixteen yeah. <laughs> album cut. So yeah, yeah I'm with you. So, I'm upset. Anyone? No one. I'm no, upset. That song no. was horrible. Like, why I'm just kidding. It's trash. I'm upset. He doesn't sound upset. Yeah. It's it's also it's just a t- it's content wise. It's like and also considering like the whole kid thing you have it it it, it doesn't seem like a song you should be putting out. Yeah, I didn't like it. And like, like he's talking about he alimony and like is so inconsequential that I he could be rattling off a grocery list in the verses of that song. Yeah. I wouldn't know. Chicken breast. <laughs> like, yeah, it's the same thing. <laughs> but at the same time, like, like the mo- I listened to this album a lot. And, like, every time it came on, I found myself, like, bopping my head. Because the beat is, is great. It's a good, like, it sounds like a good song. Somebody else could have made a, a top ten hit off of that beat. He True. just chose to, you know, True. do this. Um so like it, it makes me like nod my head and stuff, but like I, the lyrics don't do anything for me. Yeah. But you know we're going to this concert in I don't remember September or August or something like that, and there's gonna be you know tens of thousands of people screaming "Can't go fifty fifty with no hoe" at the top of their lungs because I'm like, why not, Drake? <laughs> they never learned to share because he's still a boy. Right, right, right. 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 But, now, a man. Yeah, but now, but now, go see, but that was the beginning of the album. Now, by the time you get to March 14th, he's a man. Evolve, elevate. Elevate. See? <laughs> you get it. All right. <laughs> Let's talk for a little bit about Drake's legacy um, as, a, as a musician, as a rapper. So in the album notes, of the album, I thought that Drake kind of laid out the thesis statement of the album. So this is what it said. I hate when Drake raps. Drake sings too much. Drake is a pop artist. Drake doesn't even write his own songs. Drake took an L. Drake didn't start from the bottom. Drake is finished. I like Drake's older stuff. Drake makes music for girls. Drake thinks he's Jamaican. Drake is an actor. Drake changed. Anybody else better than Drake? Yeah, yeah, we know. So this is from Drake himself. You know, he's he's proven long ago that he's one of the most self-aware artists of this generation. He He's on the internet. He's on social media. He knows what we're all saying about him. Um, he's He internalizes those things. And I think that it's kind of ridiculous, but I think he still feels that he has something to prove mm-hmm. to us, to his peers, like I mentioned earlier. And it's that he isn't all of those things or that, you know, maybe despite some of those things, which are true, like him taking an L and him being an actor, that, you know, he's better than that. But, you know, two of Drake's last three albums have received criticism of being 
too long or a little boring. That's what everybody said about views. Right. That's what, even though there are a lot of people who like Scorpion, a lot of the Drake haters are having a field day right now oh, yeah. with Scorpion because they are like, it's too long, it's boring. I was asleep by the time he got to um, peak on side B, you know, all of that stuff. And, you know, we ask, we ask a lot of Drake, you know, we want him to rap more. People think he sings too much. But then he drops some fire songs where he's singing. He makes all his money off of it because we actually, we obviously like the songs where he's singing. You know, he's never going to want for money or hits because, you know, he may be the best artist of this generation when it's all said and done. Like that's, that's on the table for him. Male artist. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Excuse me, Beehive. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm talking about, talking about male artists. (laughs) (laughs) I I have to have your back on that one. But as far as rapping goes, you know, we have no idea and we probably never will if he actually uses ghostwriters. That's just not something that we will ever have the proof to. But it is something that a large section of people are going to demerit him for. Um, And honestly, if he does use them, it, it counts against him as far as being one of the best rappers of all time. That's just that you can't use ghostwriters if you want to be. One of the, if you want to be one of the top five rappers of all time, you can't use Ghost Rider. That's so, just. I heard an argument. Uh huh. Once again, I have friends that are very close mm-hmm. to, you know, if Drake had an emoji, I don't know what it would be like a six or Probably an owl. An owl, yeah, I would say, yeah. Um, they would be a part of that group, most of them. And so, I heard that there's a difference between being a rapper and a lyricist. Mm-hmm. So they would say Drake is a great rapper because of his flow and how he delivers and hits and stuff like that. A lyricist, they write their own stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like a singer versus a singer songwriter. Yeah, and so and then they, you bring up other art uh, artists, I'll say, mm-hmm. and because that's one of their arguments. Like he's not a rapper; he's an artist because he does so much. You know, whatever. Sure. But they were saying like, you think of anybody else who got the top of their game right now? Like Beyonce obviously has ghostwriters. I'm sorry to the Beehive, but yeah, that's it, that's and yeah. that's like and nobody nobody faults her. Yeah, I mean, you think she's writing all those raps from that last album? There's no, no way. No way. <laughs> they're not wrote half like of those. They're all exactly. <laughs> and so it's just like. Well, everybody else at the top of their game right now is getting slammed for being having multiple ghostwriters. So I think it's just get dicey when you cause when they're in in the rap game. Because if Drake stayed R and B, it wouldn't be an issue. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because he does both, it's kind of like eh. at the same time, like we we will never know this, like. People, people use writers. Like, having a writer, in my opinion, this is just me talking, if you use a writer, like, say you, you're, you're coming up with songs for an album and you have people in the room, like, they're doing ideas, they're, you know, writing lines, you all are, like, it's like a brainstorm, mm-hmm. storming session. You know, I feel like that's fine. Like, and if that's what he does, and I'm sure he does, he's credited lots of people. That's how Quentin Miller, that whole thing, he was credited on that album, Party Next Door. That's how he makes a lot of his money oh, over more than singing is he's writing for people. Mm-hmm. Like, if you if you do that, I don't think that that should tarnish your legacy at all. It's an issue if you, like, if somebody is writing full songs and then you just go and rap it. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing Party Next Door does. And it's that's going to tarnish... 
not to like throw shade on her, but when we're thinking about the best female rappers, that's going to tarnish Cardi B's legacy because she is for sure using ghostwriters where somebody is just writing something and she delivers it. I mean, so does Rihanna. It's great. It's great. But like when when you want to be considered as the best, you, you can't have that because that's a part of it. Top right now under Beyonce, not at the top top, but she's in terms of everybody. Mm-hmm. She's like top five right now for maybe even top three as far as what woman artists. Sure, right? yes, yes, and she clearly has ghostwriters. Where is it clear? Do we know that? I don't know. Is it Beyonce or Rihanna? Rihanna. Rihanna. Oh yeah. I I don't, I don't like. She came from like the the pop music factory. Like I don't think she wrote Ponda Replay. Yeah, she didn't write um, work. Party Next Door wrote that entire yeah. song. I mean, like... But in the pop music world, that's, I think, been a lot yeah, more accepted for a yeah. lot longer. Yeah. You know, black people, we tough. We ain't gonna let you slap. You already on I mean, it's, it's a culture thing. Like, it is, that, it is. Like, that's just... It's been ingrained in hip-hop, like, from when hip-hop started. Like, literally from when hip-hop started. Like, I'm not gonna get too deep into this, but Sugar Hill Gang, who made that song "Rapper's Delight," yeah, 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 um, they they were the first, you know, group to have uh, like a rap song be played on the radio. I'm pretty sure that's what their main thing was. But they got a lot of uh, slack. One of the dudes, I think he did the third verse. I don't remember who he took it from. Maybe somebody named Hank. I don't remember. <laughs> but he like he basically just took the dude's like verse from like somebody from he took somebody else's verse and just like wrapped it in the sugar hill game like to the point where the dude had his name in the verse and the other dude like wrapped his the other dude's name like it wasn't even they weren't even hiding it Uh or maybe they didn't think it was a problem but a lot of people shame that because and this dude was like mad he's like yo that's my verse and then they (laughs) made a bunch of money this is the first rap song to be on the radio yeah and so this has been ingrained in hip-hop for a long time like you don't ghost right you don't you don't take somebody else's like, like lyrics. If you are the greatest rapper, then write your own stuff. Like that's just that's just it. And so it's it's special in hip hop. It's dicey because what's a ghostwriter? What's a regular writer? And us as the public will probably never know who's doing what, you know, in these spaces. But you know, Drake cares about that. He cares that people think that he doesn't write his own lyrics. It's and you know it's been a part of multiple beefs at this point. Meek Mill started it, Pusha T finished it. I mean, and it might not be over. A lot of people are gonna take shots at Drake in the coming years because they think he's vulnerable after this beef. Oh, yeah. Um, so he he won't he can't he can't you know satisfy everybody with that there's some people who are just going to think that nothing he does he wrote at this point in his career but from a legacy standpoint what he can do to satisfy the majority of his fans because you can't please everybody is to drop an album of a reasonable length and by reasonable i mean like 13 to 17 songs i think that's that's what a lot of people accept as like that's a reasonable length for an album less than an hour maybe like 50 minutes right 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 um full of hits that are balanced between r&b and rap take care did that like take care it wasn't cut into two sides and there are lots of rap songs and r&b songs i honestly think he discredits his own skill by separating you know the r&b and the rap side because he spent so much of this 
of his career, I think, like saying that he is both of those yeah, things. It, it, why it, it separate them? Yeah, yeah, like, and and that even makes a more cohesive album when you can like transition from one of those you know R and B songs into a, a rap song. There's just there's a lot he can do there, and I think that would satisfy a lot of people. People are starting to get tired of this Drake formula, even though I I'm fine with it. Like even if this song sounds like something from Take Care, I'm still gonna listen to it because it's a new song, but. Mm-hmm. People are tired of the of the Drake heart on his sleeve, like, yo, I was hurt by this woman. She broke up with me, but I'm still in love with her and I'm following her on Instagram. But then she unfollowed me and I'm sad about that. Like, yo. <laughs> like deep sigh, like, bruh. I'm you, upset. Uh yes. <laughs> yes. Like you isn't this what your past four albums were about? Like, go deeper than that. Like, you have a son now. <laughs> like talk more about that like talk more about give me some more of that vulnerability from March 14th talk about you know what it's like being a father who is in another country like most of the time when you have a son talk about those relationships that broke you on more than a superficial level like (laughs) we know Rihanna hurt you like like I mean let's be real like Rihanna's a savage she said it herself Mm -hmm. And now she's walking around talking about like, yeah, we're not even really friends anymore. Drake is he's he's probably cried about that. Like, talk about it. Like, let's 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 hear some more like real. real feelings from Drake. That's not just, you know, this like superficial like, oh, I'm hurting because she didn't call me back. But I'm sitting here alone with this empty crib in my empty crib. Like with this teddy bear she gave me. Right. Like. I just I, I think we we want to hear we want to hear more you know there's a lot he could dig deep into he's been talking about ducking paternity since like his first album like there was that song on Thank Me Later where he was talking he talked about a girl who like wished that she had kept his baby mm-hmm. or it, I think it was The Resistance it was like the third track of Thank Me Later More Life he had a bunch of stuff uh, that that song he dropped Diplomatic Immunity mm-hmm. I Got the Sauce Now Shorty's Claiming They Pray Go like he's been <laughs> he's been talking about Duffy Paternity for years That's funny. and now you got a kid so let's there's a lot to unpack there let's talk about it I I, I think I think he has the tools and the ability to to satisfy a majority of his fan base without sacrificing his integrity and and you know our time with like these 90 minute albums he just needs to do it you know yeah i um when you think about legacy uh i know he mentioned in the last song that he planned on retiring at 35 and i felt that in this album <laughs> i felt that i felt like he's ending a great you know, uh, he's he's coming off of the the, the upswing, and yeah. I'm not saying that this was bad, but it's just like he's plateauing in my mind. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Drake has higher standards than a lot of other people, um, but that's just how I felt. And I know he's approaching it, but I also had mixed feelings about that because he was saying like, you know, and I said it a little bit earlier. You said it to him, Al. He is technically not going to be under that label anymore because mm-hmm. he had the double disc. And so that makes me think he's going to be doing more um, music-wise. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm like, well, is he going to retire at 35? Like, what does that mean? What is he trying to do? He may yeah. be trying to do something different. Who knows? You know, when you're under a label, 
you know, I'm, I, I granted, I'm sure he has a lot more free reign than somebody who just got signed. Right, right. They still not going to let you put out something they don't want to be put out, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. so maybe if he's not under that same label, we'll see something different. You know what I mean? So that's why I was like, I don't know. Maybe he has something up his sleeve that we all know about. Something more interesting. Maybe he'll release a little a layer or two of his filter and we'll mm-hmm. see something, you know, but... I, I kind of attribute it to like the label, the the age, maybe the baby thing. I think right. the the Pusha T thing affected him, but his overall legacy, um, it won't be tarnished by Pusha T. I mean, nah, with enough Instagram uploads of the kid. And, nah, yeah, he's the only one that can tarnish his legacy at this point. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. And, I, and it, for me, it goes back to one thing that you know his current label with Young Money or whatever he, yeah. he's with what they did for them specifically it's like and what they you know they make sure they go into different aspects of music like I mean different genres of music mm-hmm. and that makes their career last longer than it actually should or it makes it more successful yeah. and I think that's what they did well and that's what keeps those long term fan because we all know black people are like like a snap of your fingers when it comes to new music like right now I could forget all of like I could forget maybe three songs of Kanye's album because there's so many music so much music coming out within the last month or so yeah I haven't even touched that album since the you know what I mean and and you know, you know, we'll just say other cultures hold on to music a little bit longer than we mm. do. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, can just, you can just fill in the blank. Yeah. And so, like, you, you vibe with them. I mean, we you could go to a party and still hear it's hot in here. Oh, yeah. You Yo, know that's I mean? real. Yeah. And yeah. that came out when I was in grammar school. Like, yeah, man. So, yeah, man. I mean, legacy-wise, like you said, he can only kill his own legacy. And I think, in my mind, in the, like grand scheme of Drake's catalog the fact that he broke all these streaming records is gonna have more impact on his legacy than any one song on this album true true um, yeah and I also think that what y'all said about him sort of being at a at an impasse or like a at an interesting point in the the narrative version of who we know Drake to be is true like uh I'd I, I think what makes rappers interesting is that they can articulate stuff that people go through on a day-to-day basis Mm -hmm. in a really compelling, rhythmic way. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point, once a rapper is a certain level of successful, all you have to talk about is how much money you have. Like, that's all you can talk about that doesn't have implications for the other people in your life. Mm. So now that he has gone from being a boy to a man, <laughs> he can't just like say sort of vague things about his personal life anymore and skate by on that. Like mm. either he's going to go the route where he just talks about how much wealthier he is than everybody or he's going to get really vulnerable in the way that he sort of played at the, in the beginning of his career. So I'm interested to see what he does next. Yeah. So that was a that was a very great segue into my final my final point. I think that you know if he wants to be remembered for more than the things that he outlined in that that album note that the music has to reflect that. Um, and I think that he is still making it's impressive that he's still making highly relatable and relevant music mm-hmm. 
at this point in his career. Like, even though, like, some of it is corny, the whole thing and emotionless about people on Instagram and how they react, like, you have to be tapped into that to be able to write and speak about that as well as he did. And, like, a lot of other songs where he's, like, even the part about being a father, he is is making music that people can see themselves in, and that's that's one of the things that hooks people to artists. Mm -hmm. And it's something that, you know, his competition as far as who he's trying to surpass is Kanye. That's just, as far as being, you know, as far as an artist and a musician, like Kanye should be his, like, I want to be better than him. And if we look at it, Drake is, this is year nine going on 10 in the game. Year nine going on 10 in the game for Kanye Kanye wasn't relatable. He wasn't he wasn't talking about stuff that was relevant. That was around 2013, 2014 for him. That was Jesus. Watch the throne. That's like went, right? that was all like luxury rap and all this weird stuff that we couldn't really relate to. We liked the music, but like lyrically, if you break it down, like it was it wasn't stuff that any of us could like, you know, really relate to. But Drake at the same point in his career is doing better than Kanye in that, in that he's plugged in. He can speak directly to us, mm-hmm. and we can understand it. Um, he's also shown versatility that I think if he ta- if he keeps tapping into that more than one song per album, yeah. that he can really do something great. Like every one of his five studio albums, like he's shown a sort of versatility that is like, oh, Drake can do that too. Like find your love on Thank Me Later. Uh, Underground King, The Ride, showing off, you know, the rapping ability on Take Care. Uh, Hold On, We're Going Home on uh, Nothing Was The Same. I'm sure a bunch of people have played that at their weddings. That's that's just a fact. Um, One Dance, Controller from Views, like Nice For What on this album. He has shown some incredible versatility to make songs that surpass hip-hop and rap. And I think if he can tap into that for a longer stretch of time than just like here's a single enjoy that and make an album that incorporates that into you know what he wants to to talk about i think that he'll be fine like culturally with us like money that's that's done like he's set for life already but like yeah he's at an impasse now he's at a point where like you got to start moving a little more carefully with like the product that you are putting out because it's it's very easy to go the Kanye route and for us to start to get detached from the music you're giving us. Like, like stay in the route that you're going and just elevate, yeah. you know? <laughs> all right. Um, any final thoughts? That's all I have to say about that. I think I've said my piece. Yeah, yeah, I got okay. a lot off my chest. All right. <laughs> if shit was at an eight, we like to make it ten. <laughs> um, all right, so thank you all. Thank you all for participating in this um, Dig Deeper section, uh, segment on Scorpion. Um, that is it for the podcast this week. Um, I really appreciate the wife, Karen, and the homie Joe for coming out and speaking on Drake, his legacy, and this album. Shout out to you all. Um, you know what it is. Uh, subscribe, rate, review on Apple Podcasts, but more importantly, tell your friends. Tell your friends that, you know... There's this podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, in anything that you can think of that's that's really breaking down hip hop and R and B and keeping you informed on the things that you should check out. Just you know, let them know about it. You know, it's probably something you should get into. Um, any any final any plugs? You all want to plug any social medias? I don't know. Any any 
announcements. <laughs> oh, no, man. Nah. No. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. Go to your local food fest. Enjoy the summer. Hey, you know, do that. It was yeah. a tough do winter. That. You know, so get out. Real go to some food trucks. Go to some concerts outside. Yeah. outside. Picnics. Go to the beach yeah, if you live yeah. near the beach yeah. or whatever. Ride a bike. Do all of that. Enjoy the weather while you got it. But don't forget your headphones. Don't forget your Because the music never stops. <laughs> This has been Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip-hop and R&B news. Peace. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.